0: grand rising everyone i coming to live spirit and coffee got my coffee here mm. The peppermint mocha coffee creamer so good so good it's almond milk okay there you go now you know <laughs> all right let's get started so we're reading from the emerald tablet alchemy for personal transformation um and we were going through dialogues with hermes Um, And we are on page 46, so let's get started, okay? Um, If through alchemy we are able to overcome our ignorance and change our beliefs, then how will we actually travel in these wondrous realms? Once your thoughts are purified, the ascent and the descent are as natural as breathing, since the above is subtle and the below is gross, The subtlest part of matter is soul. The subtlest part of soul is spirit, and the subtlest part of spirit is God. To travel in these realms, you need only change the density of your thoughts, and by weighing, shall you be judged. First, you must free yourself from the roots of denial, which keep you earthbound, which is the lead of your existence, and invert which um, is the lead of your existence, and invert them into the roots of heaven, planted in the golden light above. Then to become subtler, rid yourself of the fear and follow your lightest thoughts as they rise. To become denser, seek sensation and expression and follow your heaviest thoughts as they plummet. Uh, But do not linger in heaven, my son. Okay, this is important, okay, for those of you who are listening, which is absolutely known right now, but that's fine. But... I think that um it'd be nice if everybody was listening to this because this is the biggest piece for individuals when they're actually doing the work and I think this could be the most ven- beneficial piece for individuals to really allow themselves to remember that they are earthbound and that we are earth creatures at this time and that we are human beings right we're here having a an experience in a vessel as a creature of the earth right as a extension of the earth as well so, we're made up of these particles that have created us, right, and who we are. So, this to me seems like the most important piece. Hey, Michael. And so, but do not linger in heaven, my son. On the earth is where your work takes place. Here's the problem people want to sometimes be in the clouds, right? Their heads in the clouds. And there's nothing wrong with that. We need that. That's super important. But they forget to ground themselves back to the earth. And this is probably one of the hardest things for the practitioners um especially ones who want to check out and i can tell you oftentimes that's the way it is for me right i'm like oh can't i just stay in this bliss for the rest of my life can't i just let it go but then we remember yeah we have a body and our body's calling for us to do something with it right in terms of being but we have to eat and drink and do all these things and we also can be called to a higher calling so that we can extend our purpose out into the world but we get stuck in the clouds. Now, it says to come back to your sensations, and that's important. And recently in the mindfulness mindfulness meditation that I'm doing, a sensations is listening to things, hearing things, smelling things, touching things, tasting things. That brings us right back down to earth. It grounds us, putting your feet in the sand, in the dirt. That's why people say go ground yourself. So, if you feel like you're, even if you're feeling overwhelmed, even if you're feeling anxiety, even if you're feeling all of these things, when you bring yourself back to the senses, it regrounds you to the earth. Okay. So, we don't want to stay in heaven forever when we're in the vessel. We want to bring ourselves back into the body and allow ourselves to move through that energy that's coming through. So, th- this part is really, really important. Okay. But do not linger in heaven, my son, on the earth is where your work takes place or in the rarefied atmosphere of consciousness thoughts are actions and all thoughts are in just one mind and um all results are in just one thing so the one mind and the one thing is what we come back to again in in spiritual alchemy so one mind and the one thing now we could see it kind of like i think there's a depiction and i wouldn't use necessarily just an upward facing pyramid because that doesn't tell the whole story that's just part of the story um what i'd use is maybe a crystal if you put the crystal up to the light right you'll see that it has um it has uh, many different spectrums of the color of, of of the light, right? When you reflect light off of it and it goes out, you see that there's many different colors and it splits off into many different things. But it's just the one crystal and the one light. So the one light being the one light that shines within us and then the crystal being the actual one thing and then out of the one thing, the many. So that's probably the easiest way to see it, the easiest way to understand it is that it comes in and it reflects out and it comes in various forms. So we are the various forms, okay? So don't get stuck, that's probably the most important sentence in this book, I think. So when we become light, we're in the above, and when we become dense, we're in the below. So we could think of it even in the quantum world. Now, quantum physics gives us the opportunity to understand um, what it, it allows us to point to something at least gives us a space a container to talk about what we call the unconscious mind you know i said this before like the dream world is us tapping into the quantum world because everything and nothing exists everything's everywhere and nowhere before you know it, you're in one space and five other spaces at the same time and really you're creating the entire pro the entire thing what you're viewing is your entire psyche your internal an unconscious mind Um, and so it's everywhere and nowhere at the same time but it gives us a place to container to talk about how we're taking this one mind um, and one thing and how we are creating with it and so it's light notice that it's light it doesn't have a, a really a space it's not really that grounded our dreams if you really think about them are they really that grounded they're kind of not, they're fleeting, they go everywhere, they're just not, I mean, it's one thing to the next, and two things become one thing, and it's weird, it's hard to describe what's happening when we're dreaming, so they're they're not as dense. And we can even fly in our dreams and we can breathe underwater. We do all kinds of cool things in our dreams, right? Um, But when we become dense material, so if you thought about it as these particles, right? The Bose again, right? They talk about that and how it collects the matter so that it can actually almost like bind and create something that's solid and dense. We are dense matter. That's what we are. So as we are dense matter, and as we become dense, right, our thoughts become dense and the fear becomes dense. But if we allow our thoughts to be light, then we reach to higher realms of consciousness and the unconscious, which is irrational. And so, hey, Bahram, how are you? So again, The expression, to become dancers, seek sensations and expressions and follow your heaviest thoughts as they plummet. But do not linger in heaven, my son. On the earth is where you are and work takes place. For this is rarefied atmosphere of consciousness. Thoughts are actions and all thoughts are just one mind. As a result, they are just one thing. This is how we transcend all stories. This is how we rise above the stories. Now, it's okay to go into the below. It's okay to go into the dense the fear, the fear-based stuff. We don't want to stay there. And we don't want to stay in heaven where everything's blissful. That's why we talk about the middle path. Why? Because we're here on earth. And here on earth is an opportunity for us to find that balance. We have this really cool, it's hard to to think about, right? Because in the times that we're in, it's hard for us to perhaps think about how cool it is um, that we get to live in this human vessel. Like that just kind of goes out the wayside, because we're we're so focused on um what what's happening in the world today and how it's been constructed, and there's a lot of things coming out of at us. But the reality is it is we're walking miracles, and we forget that, and we have this magnificent power to remember that. So we have the ability to go to the underworld. Now the underworld is a is a place that most people are afraid to go everybody wants the bliss and harmony and nobody wants to go through the murky murk and the shit. Um, They just want to act as though it doesn't exist. And the reality is it does. It does. We have the below and you can see it in other mythology. We talk about Hades, talk about hell. um, You know, we talk about Dante's Inferno. I mean, there's all this thing about the underworld and what it is and how, and the creepy crawlers and the, you know, the, the, the God of the underworld and what it is. And that's where all souls go is to the underworld. You know, some people think we're fleeting to the sky and the heavens. Um, but there's all this ideas about, you know, what was happening. And back in ancient times, there was the underworld. And, you know, we've become super afraid of it. Now we're seeing a sort of a projection of the underworld coming to light. And that's because people are waking up. As people wake up, the light gets shown upon the darkness and we're seeing things we don't like. We're seeing things that are too ugly and hideous to look at. It's like Medusa, that's a good um, a good thing to to look at because Medusa, they're afraid to look at her because they'll turn to stone, right? But before she was Medusa, she was one of the most beautiful women and people just came to look at her because of her beauty. Like they just wanted to look at her because she was beautiful. And so we see that story and then When the shadow side comes out, nobody wants to look at it. They don't want to look at it. They're afraid to look at it. They're afraid they're going to turn to stone. But we do see that that that's going on. You know, we see it. Look at what's going on. There was a big accident at some uh, concert. Okay. Now, I don't know anything about the person who's singing. I don't know who they are. I don't really, honestly, I don't care who they are. But apparently they had masses of people and people got killed because they were getting crushed and the person wasn't paying attention. And so now people are saying, oh, this is demonic. This is this. This is that. Well, it probably is. And it's the dark. Maybe the shadow showing up. The murky murk. We see it in, you know, all of these things that are happening to individuals. And what do we do? Sometimes we just, we, we freeze or we fight or we flight or whatever we do with our body, our sensations, but we can still tap into the lightness and remember that there is an above and there is a below. And both are equally important to understand and asking what is the lesson we're supposed to learn from this? What am I supposed to learn from this? Why is the underworld revealing itself to me? Why is it that I can see? And for you, like even Baram, right? It's like for you would be like, well, why is this truth being revealed to me that my friends can't see or that the people around me can't see? What is the lesson for me? Because we oftentimes want to give the lesson to everybody else, but really it's not for everyone else. Maybe it's just for you. Now we still share, of course, just like me, spirit and coffee, I share. But really at the end of the day, it helps me, right? It's supporting me too, to be able to leave my thoughts, my ideas out into the world as well. And perhaps trigger something in someone where they can go on their journey and say, oh yeah, whoa, that opened up something for me. I just had an epiphany. And then they go off on their journey and they they start to collect the things that they need to in order to be the medicine that they need to for themselves and for people. Now, something that you may wanna look into is called The Wounded Healer. It's something that we're actually going through in my uh, master's program is The Wounded Healer, which is pretty cool. The Wounded Healer being the person who has to go through the actual pain and suffering in order to heal. Because we need to understand what that pain and suffering is in order to be able to heal. I I wouldn't be able to sit here and talk if I literally hadn't gone through my share of craziness. We've all gone through some sort of like um, painful situation in our life, something that, you know, even if it was sickness or if it was mental, if it was spiritual, emotional, whatever it was, we've all gone through some chaos and we become our own medicine and then we can share that medicine with the world or be the extension of that medicine. But we have to go through the shadow. We have to go through the dark. That's why I'm bringing it up because it's part of it. It's part of recognizing it. And we don't have to be afraid, but we can bring ourselves back, right, to this material world and say, okay, now, if I go above, let's just say that you meditate or do whatever it is to connect yourself to these interdimensional places. And also dreams are very good to do this. But let's say you meditate or you do hypnotherapy or you do, um, you get visions or you hear voices or whatever it is that's going on for you, right? Because there's different ways that this actually manifests. Now, sometimes we want to stay in that space. We want to stay in that space of bliss. But then we can bring ourselves back to the senses, back down to earth. Now, sometimes we're so far in the underworld that we're so afraid. That we don't know how to bring ourselves back up to these light thoughts of bliss and joy. So really it's the balance between the both. Right. And there's we talk about it in scientific terminology, of course, right? They'll be like, well, do mindfulness meditation, focus on the joy, all this and that. Um But if we're talking about it from a mythological standpoint, or if we're talking about it from an archetypal standpoint, or from an experiential hero's journey standpoint, we would say the wounded healer, where we go through some kind of trauma in order that we can support others through their trauma, because we've been through it, and now we're healed. And that's even the story of Medusa at the end of it, but there's more to that story I'm not even going to get into at this point um so there you go so yet we are afraid to leave the earth to travel uh through the realms as you how can we not be afraid fear is a great fear is great for it destroys all subtle things and makes lead lead, lead of gold you cannot ascend and still have fear for fear is darkness and belongs to the heaviest part of the unknowing to rise above fear you must rise above the part of you that is in the darkness whatever it may be Look in the deepest of your wounds. Okay. That's what I was just talking about the wounded healer. Okay. This is where we go and kind of ascend into the underworld, right? Where people are afraid. For there lies the gold of your being. And though it pains you, you have to exercise this luminous metal from the crevices where it is accumulated. Then release the treasure to the light of consciousness. Okay. And follow it as it flies upward and merges with the greater sun. So here's the deal. It's rising to the consciousness. This is like going into the subconscious, okay? And the unconscious. So we have the subconscious. Now the subconscious is, let's say something consciously happens to us. Let's say something happens that was traumatic, right? but we put that in the subconscious mind and we act as though it doesn't exist that's the subconscious now let's go down deeper there's the unconscious because people speak of the the subconscious all the time but then there's the unconscious now we have the conscious the subconscious and the unconscious now when we go into the subconscious mind those are things that we have pretended don't exist They're expressions that we put in the back of our mind because we don't wanna deal with them. We're too afraid, it's too much, we can't handle it. The unconscious is even deeper into this dark hole. It's like going into the dark space. It's like close your eyes. It's, It's almost like if you put yourself into, and I think they have these, where you close your eyes, you put yourself in a room where you can't see anything, and it's just you in darkness. That'll scare the shit out of some people because it's just you and your thoughts. It's just you and what? Well, your unconscious mind will start to creep in. The voices, all of the things that, that are inside of us will start to show up, which is probably a scarier place than anything maybe we see even in the world. We start to freak out. When you start to go through those levels of the fear, what happens is you put light on them to see them you bring that into consciousness. That's what this passage is saying, is that you pull from these dark places so that you can put light on them in the conscious mind. If you leave it in the subconscious or in the unconscious, it's gonna run you, you're not running it, you're not working with it. It's it's just over, it's working you and you don't know how you're getting the results in life. This is a big secret for people, that they don't truly, they kind of get it, but to truly understand it means to truly go through it. It's an experiential thing. It has nothing to do with words, concepts, and knowing. It has to do with embodying and experiencing. It's being able to experience these things, not just talk about them. Now that's scary. It's easier just to talk about conceptual things, right? Like I know that. Well, do you really know that? Have you been through it? Have you walked through the darkness? Have you gone through there? Now, what you do is you bring it into the conscious world and you put light on it and you give it to the sun, meaning that you're putting light on it. You're using the light, the vibration of light frequency so that you can start to work with it. It's not hitting anymore. It's not there in the underworld anymore. You've brought it to the attention of your consciousness and it's no longer to be feared. Because you can see it now. And now you can work with it. Now this is heavy stuff. And certainly not easy. I have gone to the depths. I'm telling you, I've done some very deep meditation where fear was heightened in me. And the fear was heightened because I was going to a place I did not know, right? And that's what it says. It's the unknown places. It's because we don't know. But when we start to know, and we start to shed light on these things, and we start to understand, and we start to bring them into the consciousness, which is perhaps what I think I was hearing Baram say when he does his, um, the reason he does what he does and and does this research, um, on different things is because he's trying to put light in dark places, and if we if we do that, let's not put fear back in it because remember, fear is going to keep us tethered to that it's not going to allow us to transcend it we're not going to be able to rise above that conversation and there's probably still more in there that needs to be extracted and looked at if it's still fear-based so we overcome the fear by doing this okay so then we put light on it so i like what it says and then release the treasure to the light of consciousness because it is a treasure the greatest gems that we find are hidden in the in the darkest places of our mind and in the darkest places of the collective unconscious or the unconscious, okay? Um, then release the... Tre- okay, uh, and it merges with the sun um, to the place where total knowledge burns forever, where fear cannot follow. See, th- it can't follow because when something is in the light, it's in the light, if it's in the dark, that's where the fear is, right? like think about it because we can't see it. We don't know what we're dealing with. That's why even in your own mind, just think about it, kind of like um so if you've if you've ever read um oh, uh, what is it the the four Agreements, I don't know if any of you guys have read that, that's a very basic beginner book um but in it, it's good because it's very simple practice right it's practical it's easy to utilize but never make assumptions is one of them this is a huge one because this kind of speaks to what this passage is saying as well if you think never make assumptions well here's the deal let's say we get into a fight with somebody and rather than go to them to try to communicate through it we start to talk to our friends or we start to analyze the situation And before you know it, we're living in fear-based stuff. Why? Because we're putting on all these things that are not even true. We're making shit up in our head. We're just going down this rabbit hole that's not even real. And we start to descend. Out of fear for what? Out of fear to know the truth? Out of fear to communicate with an individual because of what? What's going to happen? Maybe the friendship will end. Maybe whatever. So rather than go to the source, we do that instead of shedding light on it so that then it can be then communicated and resolved. So this gets played out in many different ways, totally, completely in many different ways. And we follow the fear sometimes and we don't know how to get out of the fear. And we cause ourselves anxiety and all this other stuff that it's it's necessary and unnecessary to stay there. We don't have to stay in fear. It immobilizes. Okay. So a lot of the conversations that are going on in media, of course, are fear-based because they want us to stay paralyzed and immobilized. But you don't have to stay there okay you can you can overcome these things by shedding light on them and that's kind of what i'm saying and that's why i brought up because brought brought i'm assuming that's what you are doing is you're trying to put light in darkness so that you can then have resolve and really you say it's for other people but really it's for you it's for you it's for you it's your medicine and perhaps in your healing And being maybe wounded or whatever it is that you yourself are helping to heal the world. That is what it's going to take. So everybody here has their own unique way of doing this, right? Their own unique storyline. Everybody's story is a little different. It's, It's part of the same patterning, right? Archetypal patterning, but it shows up differently with different characters, maybe different endings, maybe different middles, maybe the journey looks a little different. But you have this thing that's inside of you, this medicine, this wound, this this deep healing that gets to happen and pulling yourself from that fear to resolve it, to bring it to the consciousness, to put, there are things that stay latent in our head, right? That we we don't say, we don't even utter it. We won't even say it. We're too afraid to even speak about it until we start to Resolve it and then we can talk about it and then we can put words to it I'm not as bothered about waking others up as I used to be good for me I just want to stay up to date with all of it So I don't make mistakes like take the short Take the shot for example got it awesome So you're just educating yourself and you're educating others, but again, that's the same thing you're allowing yourself to Understand what's going on and share that information just like me There's different things that I've gone through that I the reason why I do spirit and coffee, right? It's it's it it helps me, but I'm doing it because I want to help others. I Wouldn't give all my time like this See it's not paid time, right? (laughs) I Don't get paid to do it. No one's getting paid to do this stuff. I've given Billions of hours of time to this why for who for me and for others but for me, because why? Because I, this is helping me heal as well. And hopefully in me healing and me understanding and me being able to share that you guys find your healing and it heals you in some way, right? That's what healing's about. It's understanding that we together suffer. We together have these stories of pain and suffering and that together we can rise above them and heal. We wouldn't have to heal if there wasn't pain. See, that doesn't even make sense, right? Because it becomes this dual thing. But there is suffering and we can't deny that. So we overcome it. We work with it. Now there's different types of suffering, right? The suffering of maybe there's pain that's inflicted, like you sprain an ankle or you, I don't know, get punched in the face. That shit hurts. That's suffering. Or when I have cramps, like that doesn't feel good. You know, you try to breathe through it, but it's still there and you just want to get rid of it. Like, there's pain in the body that you can't. Now, pain and suffering, two different things, because that pain, sometimes we just want to exit out of it. We're trying to run from the pain, pretty much, is what we do. But try to be with the pain. Not as easy, especially pain that's like bodily pain. Then we have our own pain that we inflict upon ourselves, which is mental and maybe emotional pain right that that we perhaps inflict upon ourselves now there's there's pain of maybe others and the way they behave around us and that sometimes hurts us but it's still our responsibility still something inside of us to resolve but that pain that suffering that that monkey mind that's in our head that we can we can support I don't wanna say control it I wanna say we work with it because control implies that we can control and and that's not necessarily true We try to control it and then it becomes a bigger mess. By control, we usually say we're going to put it to the back of our mind and act as though it doesn't exist. And that's not control. I mean, that's not going to find your resolution. You're not going to be not talking about it and keeping it stored away is not going to be any good for you. So you've got to bring it to light and work with it and learn to work with it and find the balance between the two. So it's good. So remember that, yes, you're doing it for you. So whatever it is that you guys are doing, it's not a selfish thing. And it might be. People say, well, it's selfish. No, I think that it what it is is self-love. It's self-love. We need to change the dialogue around that, that people who focus or do things like this um, to support heal themselves is self-love, number one. And hopefully in the healing that others get healed in the process. And that they find their own way to heal themselves. But we can't have one without the other. So the suffering does exist. Okay? The suffering does exist. We can't deny it. We can't pretend it doesn't exist. We can't act like it doesn't exist. Because then we're just putting ourselves in a position that's it starts to control us. Or it's in the background running. And we don't even realize it. So we want to be self-aware. That's where self-awareness comes from. When people say, oh, I'm woke, I'm this, I'm that. Okay, well, people who are self-aware and awoke mean that they're aware of everything that's going on in every single moment, all the time, constantly bringing themselves back to the present moment, not living in fear as much. Why? Because they understand that this is the only moment that exists, that the past and the future have not yet revealed themselves and that they can't. That we every moment is a new moment. That's someone who's really woke and aware. Just knowing something doesn't make you aware and 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 woke. There, there's what makes you woke is that you're able to work with the energy that's coming in. So yeah, you might know something, but what does it do for you? How does it make you feel? How are you uh, digesting that information and utilizing it in your life? How is it allowing you to move forward? I mean, there's all these questions, right? Yes, once I had one of my closest mentors say that we walk through darkness, but that's only so we can become light for others. Yeah, I feel like it depends on the type of pain. I can handle extreme pain and actually welcome it because that... But my stomach cramps uh, another ballpark yeah um thank you for sharing um uh christina thank you for sharing uh so then we need the wounds right so that we can heal and then we heal and as we heal we become healers of others as well this is kind of how shamanism worked um i don't like throwing that term around most people do they just kind of use it it kind of triggers me i'll be honest it's a that's a natalie trigger so i'm just gonna call it out as a judgment but um, it triggers me because I don't know that people have really done their research on and understand what a shaman is, um and I don't think they'd glorify it if they understood exactly what a shaman is and how it how where it came from. So Siberia really, is where it is. the Avanki people, I believe, um and they lived in the very cold weather um is where shamans actually came from, the word or the terminology. And literally what they did is they went through a great, 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 um, suffering and their suffering became their healing and their healing became the healing of the community. So they went through hell. They go through hell, literally. Um, so people don't, you can't just, it's not something you could just say, Hey, I'm a shaman. There's a lot to it. And, and literally, um, well, you really couldn't be anyway, because that's, it was one tribe. And that tribe, that word just got popularized around everywhere. And so everybody called themselves shaman now. Um, but really, to think about the the wounds that they went through, the suffering that they had to go through in order to be a healer. See? So we're going through our own suffering. This is what I'm saying. We're going through our own suffering. And in our suffering, we're going to find what we're what's healing around it and in that healing we share that with the world and we rise together we heal together so we overcome these fear-based programs we work with them and we learn how to bring them to light and not be afraid of them but allow ourselves to see them for what they are and now we can work with them or work from them or understand what to do how do how do I move my vessel? Where do I go from here? How do I make the right choices, like you said, so that you don't make mistakes? Now, you might make mistakes. That's part of life. But so that you don't maybe put things in your body that you don't feel is appropriate for you. And you can make that decision based on your worldview or on your moralities or your values. And the ground that you stand on, right? Now, standing, what, what ground do you stand on? Now, that's a commerce thing as well. Where, How I stand. Well, I stand on what? What grounds? Right? They even say that in court. And what grounds is this? <laughs> where do you stand? <sighs> well, I stand in honor of my own morals and principles and my own values. Thank you. That's where I stand. Okay? So there you have it. Um, I actually have a meeting. (laughs) I have a lot of work. So um, we will continue um, on these dialogues with Hermes. And, of course, I will be seeing you all tomorrow. Have a great day and bye.